humans aren't supposed to eat corn. <laughs> How's that for a fucking cold That's open? That's so brilliant. Don't shift your way. Don't stare. And for God's sake, whatever you do. Hello, and welcome to March Bradness. I'm Sarah. I'm Hannah, and this is the world's only March Madness-style Brad Pitt-themed podcast, where we're pitting every single one of Brad Pitt's movies against one another in a quest to find the ultimate Brad. This week, we're pitting World War Z versus... Seven! What's in the box? We are finally going to find out... What's in the box? It's been our theme song, and I didn't know what was in the box this whole time. I did, but, you know secrets it's a secret and you're gonna find out what's in the box later if you don't already know um that being said this isn't a spoiler free podcast we didn't say that last week but well you sure found out didn't you <laughs> you fucking found out um this is not a spoiler free podcast so if you don't know what's in the box and don't want us to tell you um stop you can press pause you can go find the movies and watch them uh, if you already know or you just don't care because it's been, I don't know, over a decade since Seven came out. And two decades. Over two decades? Fuck. Damn. All right. Since it's been over came years. out 30 years ago. <laughs> Feel old yet? <laughs> you remember? Remember Shrek? This is what he looks like now. It's a picture of Brad Pitt. <laughs> but like, whatever. We're going to spoil the movies for you. Um, and you're gonna like it <laughs> again. Since we're in round two, we're we're starting out with movies that we've already seen. I don't know if we're gonna across the board like always start with the one that we've already watched, but like for now, we're feeling it. I'm so feeling it. Scoop. I, I hope you're feeling it too, listeners. <laughs> so that, of course, for this pitting is gonna be World War Z, which we watched last season and watched again today, which is very rare for us. This actually was our a double feature. We're always like, oh, yeah, we watch them back to back. But let's be honest. Like, no. Do you have a four-hour attention span? I sure don't. <laughs> I'm just looking up what uh, what World War Z went up against last season. Oh, it went up against something that people were like, really? That won against whatever? It was like a controversial one. Oh, it went up against Meet Joe Black. Never mind. It wasn't controversial at all. Oh, okay. So, I mean, I actually really liked Meet Joe Black. I think we... You cried. I did cry. Yeah, it was upsetting. I, yeah. I think, though, that like we found World War Z to be a surprisingly strong Brad. Mm -hmm. And although Meet Joe Black was a very like fun, he did a good job of being like this. He got very, a really good job getting hit by those cars. Yeah, he did. <sighs> Just fucking bodied. Really good job eating peanut butter. Mm -hmm. But I think at the end of the day, we were most impressed by Brad playing a, a guy that was freaked out by the zombie apocalypse. Yeah. He's a go-getter. Yeah. Uh, and he's UN. Yeah, that the the I think we were most interested last time about the dichotomy of is that did I say that right? Mm -hmm. Of um having your shit together and being scared. Yeah, definitely. I think that was really interesting. For those who are not aware, World War Z is based off of a novel by Max Brooks, son of Mel Brooks, for those of you who are interested in um nepotism in the entertainment industry. I did not know that. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't that nuts? That's crazy. Um, so, and it's a movie that follows uh, this man named Jerry, played by Brad Pitt, who 
is in New York City with his family when the zombie apocalypse happens. And he's ex-UN. He's called in by the military to go into various crisis zones and try and figure out what's causing this and like escort or escort the people who are trying to figure out what's causing it. But the man who they're trying to, the neurologist who's in charge of that gets, shoots himself in the head by mistake <laughs> pretty early on. So Brad Pitt has to carry that mantle. He has to carry that weight. And yeah, it follows him through all of these different crisis situations. It sort of touches on how different countries respond to the zombie apocalypse, which is something that I've heard the book goes far more into detail about, but this one is focuses on Brad. I know we were talking about this and like, this isn't Brad yet, but we'll get there. Um, like I read part of the book. I read the first mm-hmm. couple chapters and then I was like, I hate reading. That's not true at all. But I'm still trying to get back in that game. And I feel like the movie did a good job of this. I know we were talking about this yeah. when we watched it, but I think people were upset because they felt like the movie didn't like have... I don't know. I think they're upset because the movie wasn't the book. But yeah. it's like, you have to pick a focal point for yeah. a movie. And... I don't know. It's kind of a cheesy like, oh, an American soldier as a focal point. But it worked. And I think that they captured like the global feel. Yeah, definitely. I think, too, like he's not a soldier. He's part of the U.N. And that's really different than like a lot of the traditional like, I don't know, Chris Pratt-y like dudes who come in and like save the day in a lot of movies like this, like alien movies and stuff. I'm thinking like various invasion movies. You get a lot of like hyper masculine like military dudes. Right. And I don't think that that's Brad's role in this at all. Yeah, no. And like, it wasn't a macho role at all. Mm -mm. And like, I know that you mentioned it being really maternal. Yeah, I think maternal is an interesting word. I definitely, that's definitely the one I used. I don't know if in retrospect, like that's, I don't know. It's hard because Brad is so soft and he's showing a very tender side of masculinity that I, I don't think you typically see in film. Um, I was thinking a lot about, because this is such like, you know, your classic, like, oh, white guy saves the day. Of course, my mom makes the best spaghetti. Like, (laughs) what? My mom makes the best spaghetti. Like, that's just like a white dude thing, you know? I don't know. Whatever. M&M? Mom's spaghetti? Mom's spaghetti. Yeah. Third mile. Um, no, but like, I think it's very valid. And like that frustration towards like, white man comes in and saves the day and this global crisis is very real and I respect and understand and agree with that. That being said, I think that the way that Brad Pitt's character is written in World War Z is, I guess, like, I don't want to say, like, yeah, I'm going to go ahead and say it. I think it's less problematic as a man than it would be as a woman because I think that societally and, like, in general, we have this idea and, like, this expectation that women are going to come in and care for people and save, like, you know, like, yeah, I don't know, like, take over and, like, there's an expectation for women to fix things, especially in that sort of, like, tender, thoughtful way that Brad's character goes about it in this film. Like, I don't think that there is that sort of, like, brute masculine force that is typically present in a role like this to him, which I think is really interesting because also he's, like, the hottest dude in the world in this role. (laughs) Just, like, he's so fucking hot, and it would be so easy to be, like, hot man. Definitely. No, he's tender. He is... Like, very self-sacrificial mm-hmm. and is very selfless. Yeah. And we see him, like, we're introduced to him as a father. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I know we talked about last scene, that making pancakes scene right in the making, beginning. Making pancakes. <laughs> uh, and we also talked about how he helped his daughter who was having an asthma attack. Mm-hmm. Um, everything he's doing, he's doing for his family. And like when he talks to his wife on the phone, he's super, super tender. He sounds genuinely concerned. Mm-hmm. I'll keep this with you. Call in once a day. As long as I make that call, everything's going to be okay. I'm coming back. Best of it. Yes, we do. Like we do. I mean, I don't like the way that this movie paints women. No, it's bad. <laughs> this movie is like men good, women bad. Yeah. Except for Ruth Nega and uh, whatever the Israeli soldier lady was, but yeah. her arm gets chopped off. Yeah. And she has a buzz cut. <laughs> she does have a buzz cut, uh, which. Yeah, no, exactly. It felt like they were like rewarding masculinity. Yeah. Well, no, because saying that out loud, Brad is like very feminine. Never mind. And he's got long hair. He's got long hair. Never mind. Um, no, I think it's interesting. I think there's a definitely, like I said, like a very nurturing aspect to Brad in this film. I think he, you can really tell like there's a genuine care for people that comes through in this light. Yeah. Um, Like he seemed, he was really in it to help people. mm -hmm. I was drawing when I was watching this movie and Brad spends a a lot of the time with these really worried eyebrows. Like (laughs) I was calling them as caterpillar eyebrows and they're like, they're like arched up like a little he spends most of this movie looking really concerned. Yeah, because he's worried. He's fucking UN, you know? He yeah. wants to, like, he wants to help people. And I think that's a really interesting character to follow in a movie like this. Um, as opposed to, like, you know, I feel like in zombie movies, you either get, like, the everyman or the military guy, both of which called to be warriors. But what happens when you're a literal peacekeeper? Right. You know, and I think Brad does a really good job speaking to that. And I think it's really interesting too, like looking at where Brad Pitt is in his life during this movie. Mm -hmm. And he's like hella humanitarian at this point. Uh He's like in the throes of his like building wells by hand with Angie. Like, I'm going to go to Cambodia and fix things. And it's like, I think it really touches, I think it touched a real part of Brad. That checks out. That super comes through. Like when I see this movie, I do see humanitarian Brad. Yeah. I feel like a real. Like hand building the Louisiana levees Brad. Right. I feel like a real piece of Brad is coming through. I, I, I like this movie. I feel that it's a strong Brad. Yeah. I, he's got a lot of what I'm looking for in that he seems to be like giving it his all. Uh-huh. He is acting but in a way that I feel is showing his personality like he Mm -hmm. seems connected to the movie Mm -hmm. he seems like he likes it Mm -hmm. and is enjoying being in it definitely no I super agree World War Z got a bad rap I'm just gonna go ahead and fucking say it fuck you guys who all fucking hate World War Z for some reason that no one can explain to me why why do we hate World War Z I just need like a reason like anytime I mention World War Z to people they're always like and it's like why like, no, have you honestly, actually watched it? Because like, it's, like, fun. I feel like it is one of those things where everybody hates it just because you're supposed to hate it. Yeah. But, I mean, like, I've seen a lot of zombie... No, not, like, a lot. But, like, <laughs> I've seen a fair number of zombie movies. Yeah. And this is way up there. Definitely. I feel like World War Z is in the same sort of zombie... Like... <sighs> it's, like, in a... It's, it's this postmodern zombie film. Yeah. I know we were talking about, like, Train to Busan... Yeah, Train to Busan was one that was really similar. And then In the Flesh, which was a BBC Four series that ran for two seasons yes. um, in like 
2011 or something like that. Gay which zombies. was gay, gay Catholic zombies. Gay Catholic zombies. Is there Look any? Is there anything more on brand? No, there's nothing more on brand for me. <laughs> um, one of two of them are really cute boys. <laughs> They kiss. <laughs> um, no, so I think there's like we're in this interest, or we were for a while. We're out of it now because of the administration change. Um, but there was this really interesting movement going on towards the end of the Obama administration with this postmodern zombie filmmaking, where there was a huge emphasis on one fast zombies and two sort of like learning to exist with the problem. Like there's no resolution in World War Z or Train to Busan or in the flesh. Hmm. Um, And it's like the zombies end up becoming part of society and how that is dealt with with the films depends sort of like on where that ending is. Like for example, in Train Train to Busan, there is no resolution. Like it's just like they come through the ending and it's like, oh shit, they're alive. Uh, in the flesh obviously is like picking up after like a vaccination has been or like a medication has been established for it which is like some sort of similar to like methadone or something like that where the zombies are rehabilitated through this daily dosage of a medication and world war z ends and like brad gives a monologue about it of like Basically, like, it was a temporary, it's a temporary solution. This isn't over, not even close. Um, This is just camouflage. Entire cities have been taken. Super setting it up for a sequel. Um, Directed by David Finch. (laughs) Who we'll talk about soon. Um, Yeah, no, there was no resolution. And it it was somber, and it super felt like, you know, when you watch those movies where it's like, are we okay, guys? <laughs> are things are things okay? Because I think it's really interesting because, like, you think of classic zombie movies, you you know, and it's, like, very much the zombie is consumerism. Let's just, like, put it out there. You know, like, 80s numbers movies, it's consumerism. Like uh, how they always invade shopping malls? Yeah, exactly. Like, that's, like, such a thing. And yeah. I think that we're in this go-around... Um, I don't know. There's something very melancholic about it. Definitely. No, it's like, it's a somber, thoughtful, I don't know. (laughs) I like World War Z. I think it's really well set up. I think it's, I really like how they establish the rules of the zombies Mm -hmm. right in the beginning. Like a little, there's like a little kid's toy that's like counting to find out how long you have you when you turn. Mm -hmm. And so Brad is constantly like observing other people and Mm -hmm. trying to like learn the rules of the game Mm -hmm. as the movie progresses and finding out that you can chop off an arm and still survive, et cetera. Yeah. yeah. No, it's 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 good world building. Yeah, it is. It, it's like establishing the rules without explaining it to you. Yeah, it's it's really nice because like it's really easy to do. There's so much bad world building and shit like this, and it's like, do people just not like it because it's like a thinky zombie movie? I guess so. But it's not even that thinky. No, it's not that thinky. It's like just the right level of thinky for a zombie movie. Right. It's like, I don't know. It's good. I think anybody who's like World War Z, really, like, give it another shot. Yeah. I think you might like it. This is a peak. I feel like most of this podcast is like fun, quirky us, uh-huh. but I feel like I just got real college, Hannah. This you. is very college. I think everybody learned something. Yeah, I think so. Uh, Should we, we could balance it out by talking about Brad's perfect hair. Oh my God. 
Brad Pitt is so fucking hot in this movie, guys. <laughs> like, I don't know what to tell you. He's, like, so fucking hot. Hannah was f- freaking out. But, like, you know, I'm, like, I've, I'm, it's, he's a, it's a good look for him. Sarah said that she would bang him. I did. He's my, my man crush. <laughs> That's not true. Brad Pitt is not my man crush. I want it on the record. But the Brad in World War Z, if I had to pick a Brad... If I had to fuck a pig, gun to my head, <laughs> it would be Brad Pitt. Black Mirror. It would be Brad Pitt in World War Z. What about Legends of Fall, Brad? No. Really? Um, yeah, his hair's way too long, and mm. he looks too much like a regular dude. Okay, yeah. that's fair. But yeah. this is like a, this is a... Dilf. That's uncomfortable. <laughs> but I respect your opinion. I mean, like, I don't throw it around. You know, that's a precious thing. Hannah, how do you feel about dad bod as a concept? Bad. It's good. That's good. Sorry, I just, it's not, you know? We don't need, we don't need to make men feel better about their mediocrity. Call me when girls are allowed to have dad bod. Yeah, as what a girl about with mom dad bod? You know? What about mom bod? Oh, punch. Moms have bods? Yeah. Fuck it. Dads don't pee a little when they laugh. <laughs> yeah. Golly. Anyway, okay, we've gone really far away. This is maybe the furthest we've ever strayed from Brad's light. On that note. I feel like we we covered it. I think Yeah. I think that we did a deep dive into World War this Z. This was a deep dive. It felt good. Yeah, I feel I feel good. I, I feel, feel ready to talk about David. My little brain parts are are all warmed up. Ding 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 ding. That's the um, sound of a brain warming up. <laughs> Uh, But first, we should, uh, before we, while we're still nice and warm, we should uh, see see what Brad Pitt's up to right now. Together at... Now the latest news on Brad Pitt. Brad Pitt's a huge fucking nerd. For charity. You see what I did there? Uh, We're talking about the article today on Brad Reputation of... uh, He's he bid one hundred and twenty thousand dollars to watch Game of Thrones with Amelia Clark, and all everybody, everybody on the internet's like Brad Pitt's got a crush on Amelia Clark. But you know what Brad Pitt really has a crush on? Charity. Charity helping the people of Haiti because he's a good person. Yeah, all of these fucking. I got a Google card notification once again because my phone knows what I'm. It knows the beats I'm following. <laughs> And it's like they were literally painting it as if Brad was paying to like have sex with Amelia Clark. Uh, when really this was a charity. A charity auction to help support and create sustainable programs for people of Haiti. And like it was like a it was like a prize, you know? It was like a thing to bid for. Also he lost. <laughs> Which means that someone has a bigger boner for charity <laughs> than Brad Pitt. Even if you were in it for Amelia Clark, Brad, I understand, <laughs> and I support your endeavors. If I had $120,000 to spare, I would be hanging out with Amelia Clark right now. No, I wouldn't, because the winner paid one hundred and sixty grand. That's a lot of money. That's so much money. But you know who gets that money? The Haitians. The Haitians. People of Haiti. They need it. Yeah, for sure, because they got fucking bodied by that hurricane, and then we forgot about it. We sure did. Uh, no, but Brad Pitt, charity man. <laughs> Good boy. A good man. Good job. Uh, didn't get to watch Game of Thrones with Amelia Clark, but you know, I bet if he really wanted to. He could just call her up and be like, be like hey. hey, Amelia, I'm having a 
Game of Thrones viewing party. I don't like that we are trying to play him up as like a pervert right now. Yeah, like he's like really horny for all these like I think he's trying to take time for himself. He's building he's horny for sculpting. <laughs> Brad Pitt's working on himself, and as part of the 12 steps, you're not allowed to have relationships with people for at least like six months or something like that. And then you have to, like, be really explicit about it. And you probably have to be with someone who is also sober. And it's just, like, let him live his life. I want Brad Pitt and Owen Wilson to hang out. Me too. Because Owen Wilson's also super sober. I feel like they would be such good buddies co-starring in something because they're, like, seem, they play kind of weirdly similar roles. Yeah. Like, I'm very interested in exploring Owen Wilson. Uh, put that in my ideas notebook. <laughs> and... I just, yeah, I really like Owen Wilson. Me too. He's funny. Yeah. I just saw him in uh, Night at the Museum, which is very funny that he's in that as like a little <laughs> tiny cowboy. Tiny cowboy. Anyway. You know what Brad Pitt is also a nerd for? <laughs> Violence. Justice. And with that, we speak of seven. <laughs> what if Brad Pitt donated seven million dollars? He would have got. Okay, I'm done. <laughs> done. I'm out. Right. I'm out. Tapping out. Guys, we finally found <sighs> out. We finally found out what was in the box. What's in the box? Um, Does it make you feel bad having it be our theme song? A little bit, but I had a sneaking suspicion that it wasn't anything good in the box. <laughs> I knew it. I knew it wasn't like cookies in the box, <laughs> based on the way that he's shrieking it. <laughs> Unless he really wanted his cookies. That's how I feel when I go to the cupcake ATM and it like comes down and the little door opens and I'm like, what's in the box? What's in the box? He's just, he says it with such remorse, you know? Man, okay. Um, This is like my third or fourth time seeing Seven. Mm -hmm. Uh, I really like Seven. I really like David Fincher. I can and will talk about David Fincher nonstop for years, so feel free to stop me. Um, but Sarah, as, as a first-time Seven watcher, yeah. uh, what is it about and how do you feel about it? Let me take you through the plot and then I'll tell you how I feel. So this movie is about Brad Pitt, who is a detective, and he works with Morgan Freeman, who is also a detective, and they work in New York City. And Brad is like kind of new on the job. Morgan Freeman doesn't trust him. He's like, you're a rookie kid. You're not ready for this. And Morgan Freeman's like ready to retire. It's like one last job, you know? And there's a serial killer on the loose who uh, was released from Reddit, and he <laughs> is uh, painting the walls with blood of all the seven deadly sins, and he's like murdering people based on like gluttony, you know, it's a fat person, uh, you know, uh, lust, it's a prostitute. And uh, finally, they catch him, or he turns himself in, and they're like, what's the, what's the game he's playing here? And uh, they, he takes him out to a field, and he's like, hey, Brad, I got you a present. And it's a box is delivered, and it's Brad's wife's head in the box. And then Goop. Bra- Brad turns to this guy, and he yells, and then he shoots it, the killer. And then Brad gets arrested because you aren't allowed to murder serial killers, which I think is a bad rule, personally. Yeah. I think you should be able to murder serial killers. Yeah, I feel like, mm, yeah, yeah. I agree. Um, my headcanon for the after what happens afterwards is that they the judge is like a normal human person. <laughs> I was like, all right, Brad. Yeah. He's like, okay. I'll give you five years parole. <laughs> so um, I know that you love David Fincher, mm-hmm. and I know that you like this movie. Mm-hmm. I am very curious to hear your 
like reasons for it mm-hmm. because definitely I was like surprised. I was like, I felt like it was a very standard like serial killer movie. Mm-hmm. I guess nothing about it really surprised me. And I felt that uh, all the women got murdered very brutally. I, I went into this movie and I was like, there's a 70, 30 chance <laughs> Sarah won't like it. Um, I love David Fincher. I love that David Fincher hates men. Like, this movie is, like, an exploration in masculinity and, like, the inherent flaws and, like, fuck up of masculinity. And, like, Somerset, Morgan Freeman's character, is speaking to, like, this, like, do the right thing. Old school, like, 50s noir detective character. And he's, like, very traditional and very, like, classically of that old-timey thing and Brad Pitt is speaking to like this modern man and this very like contemporary at the time 90s hot-headed I'm gonna like do my own thing like skateboard eat my shorts (laughs) shit and then like obviously you get like your reddit bro and like with that you get kind of like the three components of like shitty masculine traits Mm -hmm. and how all of them are equally as complicit in destroying like these tenants of society and like negatively impacting the structure of stuff you know like I feel like if any one of these men had made a different and better decision if they weren't so caught up in being a shitty dude this would have been better (laughs) you know right like it would have been the the outcome of the film of like getting murdered like wouldn't have happened if Brad hadn't been such a hothead and Brad wouldn't have been such a hothead if Morgan Freeman hadn't been, like, antagonizing him in the sort of sense of, like, we're doing this school, the old school way, man. And then, like, you know, you get Kevin Spacey being a fucking freakazoid men's rights activist. Um, right. I super like your reading of this. Like, I really like the reading. But I feel like it's giving the movie too much credit. I guess I feel like I didn't see evidence of the movie punishing the men. Whereas there was like copious well, evidence, like their their entire lives got ruined. Yeah, but I think that they were painted in a really sympathetic light. I think you were supposed to be like, "Damn, that fucking sucks for Brad," and like, "That sucks for Morgan." Like, I, I I saw them as being the heroes. I don't think we were supposed to dislike them, right? Versus, you know, the only women in the movie were literally raped by a knife and beheaded and had their face mutilated. Right. That's a uh- that is true. <laughs> that is true. I find it falling more into the anti-hero sort of category than anything. And just in terms of like like the production setup and like the shots and the camera work and the cinematography, I think as much as it plays into like traditional like crime drama, I think that a certain amount of that is like creating a sense of un- discomfort around these characters. Yeah, it was definitely an uncomfortable movie. I, I very much put this movie in the same category as like Memento and stuff like that in that uh-huh. regard in terms of like, look at this shitty man doing shitty stuff. Right. I could see, I guess I could I could see it for Brad. I'm thinking about the things that Brad did wrong in this movie. Um, I'm thinking about how he like was definitely a hothead. There was a scene where they chased down 
uh, the serial killer to his apartment and Brad wanted to kick down the door mm-hmm. and Morgan Freeman was like, don't do that. We need a warrant. And Brad was like, fuck you, mom and dad. And like kicked open the door. <laughs> I'm having a great time at fucking camp, man. <laughs> and he ran inside. Um, and like, I think throughout the movie that was pretty persistent that he was like a, he was a hothead and like there was some tension between him and his wife. Um, but I think that Morgan Freeman was definitely like doing everything that he was supposed to. Like I didn't see him being painted in a bad light at all. I feel like he he followed the rules. He was definitely like disenfranchised with society as a whole. But in the kind of third half of the movie, he the last act in the last act of the movie, he seemed to make a decision to like try to change his attitude and mm-hmm. be more positive. Right, but I think that that's like his come to Jesus, you know? Like that's like because Morgan Freeman's like the main character. Mm-hmm. He's the protagonist. I think that his realization, I don't know, cuz I I also don't think he actually realized anything. Right. Because of the last quote of the movie where it's like the world is a fine place and worth fighting for. I agree with the last part. Yeah. Where it's like if he had actually seen any growth as a person, he would have been like Right. People, well, <laughs> like there are good people in this world. I think because he just saw Goop's head in a box. Like any progress he was going to make was completely erased by the serial killer. I don't know. I guess like I guess my my overarching feeling would be like given the treatment of the women and just kind of the overall like dude bro themes of the movie. Like if 95% of people that saw it, like if the general public came away with that reading of it, like, was it really successful if it really was the other reading? Right. Yeah, no, I I feel that and I respect that. I stand by my reading of the film. Like, it's hard because, like, part of, like, a lot of this reading also comes from just, like, having, like, spent a lot of time with Fincher's work and, like, looking at that in terms of, like, that scope and, like, how the thing that sort of connects him as an auteur is this, like, coded hatred of men. I see and respect and, like, do agree with your reading, like, textually and everything like that, like, super makes sense and, like, is present and, you know, like, for all intents and purposes, correct. But I also feel like it's, like, a dark, like, a, like a, like a tale for forewarning towards, like, the, the follies of, of man. Right. Um, in the same way that, like, a lot of the books and stuff that they reference throughout the film are talking about like the follies of mankind and Mm -hmm. stuff like that and like that that sort of deal yeah that's fair that's fair but the brad but the brad um brad pitt in this is peak late 90s brad uh but pre-fight club brad so his head is still too big and his shoulders are still too skinny because he hasn't really gotten his traps damn do you think fight club was the first time that he bulked up I don't know, because he was pretty fucking ripped in Legends of the Fall. But that was like horseback riding ripped, you right. know? Well, I don't I don't feel qualified because he never took his shirt off in this movie. That's true. He was always wearing really baggy clothes, and it was like <laughs> <He> upsetting. Was. <laughs> Why did they do this to early Brad? It's always weird. They hide him, except because they were like, he was too powerful in Thelma and Louise. Maybe. He overtook the entire Thelma and Louise movie with one shirtless scene, so we have to keep him as covered up as possible. I just think it's so funny you've got this you've got like the mexican where he's wearing like eight layers of clothing you see fucking what's his face's legs i'm thinking about um what was the one with the hot dog cart oh uh, the irish one yeah the irish one two italian uh (laughs) two italian the one (laughs) the hot dog cart. two italian to die (laughs) yeah no you have brad pitt 
People's Sexiest Man Alive, 95, and also, like, a couple other years. And he's perfect in every way. Uh-huh. Uh, and he's got, he's got really kissable lips in this movie, I will say. He spends a lot of time pouting, and he's like, mm, he's not He does. Open. I, I liked, um, so, like, yeah, he definitely plays, like, the, he's the rookie cop. And I thought that he did, like, a very believable job of, like, pouting throughout most of this movie. Because <laughs> Morgan Freeman is telling him what to do, and he's like, I don't wanna. And, uh... Just excellent job screaming what's in the box at the sky at the oh, he's at the so finale. upset. Um, yeah, this movie is interesting also because it sort of like plays out again in that very traditional fifties noir. Like the acting is very pointed, yes. and we are talking words from a script that was written, like you would see in a crime novel or a movie from the fifties mm-hmm. or in a play. And I think that's interesting. That made it interesting when he broke that. Like, I feel like mm-hmm. he definitely broke it at the climax mm-hmm. when he was screaming, what's in the box? Which we'll play for you. Um, Put the gun I down. saw you with the box. What was in the box? Because I envy your normal life. Put the gun down, baby. It seems that envy is my sin. No, what's in the box? Not taking, give me the what's gun. in the fucking box? Give me the gun. He just told you. He sounded very, very forlorn. What's in the box? Mom. Mamma mia, what's in the box? A spicy meatball. <laughs> I wish it was a spicy meatball in the in the box. I think this also spoke to a lot of Brad's I've been thinking about this since we watched these two movies back to back. Seven Brad could grow up to be World War Z Brad. Hmm. Considering the fact that World War Z came out about 20 years after Seven. Oh, shit. If you gave Seven Brad 20 years, could you not see him turning into World War Z Brad? Learning the error of his ways from this experience. Also, just like, I feel like, because like, it's established like in the start of this movie that this Brad took the transfer to like the, the rough and tumble inner city New York because he was like, wants to like fix the streets. And I think that that speaks, like that's very similar to... World Rizzy Brad's want to help people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good point. And I think that like Brad, like less so than being a rookie because he, he gets really grumpy whenever Morgan Freeman's like rookie. And he's oh, like, definitely. I have the same fucking title as you, Morgs. Yeah. I think he's he, he has a sense of naivete. He, he's naive and and and, and uh, hot-headed. Oh, absolutely. Um, Super naive. And like Morgan Freeman tells him this multiple times. He's like, how can you be so naive? Because Brad's very like, oh, yeah, like we're going to find him. Like, yeah, because no Brad, Brad Pitt believes that the world is a, a good place. Yeah. Uh, um, that, golly, does he have that view changed. Yeah, he's like, ah, oh, he's, he's doing a pretty, pretty good job to like maintain a sense of optimism, I think, after seeing these like horrifically murdered people. He's yeah. like, uh, it's okay. We'll get him, guys. We're going to. We're one step. We are one fucking coffee closer to catching this fucking monster, man. And then Morgan Freeman's like, "What's the best that's gonna happen? These people are gonna stay dead, and like, what's the fucking point?" And Brad's like, "We're gonna fucking get him." And then he chops off his head and he shoots him, and then he's wrath. What if the serial killer was us the whole time? <laughs> No, okay, I'll give it to you. I'll give it to you. We can have the headcanon that this Brad, he gets out. He gets out of prison and he's a changed man and yeah. he wants to produce peace. Yeah. So he joins the UN because he's he, like, this oh, is a better way to help people. Hey, when he sees the zombies, he's extra shook because he remembers when he found the guy that represented Sloth on a bed covered yeah, in bed Yeah, he's sores, like, oh shit. Looking like a dead man and then he wakes up and he's like, ah. He's like triggered. Horrifying. Uh, he's like, oh no. I was thinking that there was another similarity between the movies, but I can't remember now. 
the blood. The <laughs> blood. A lot of people died. Uh, God, what was it? David Fincher is going to direct the second World David War Z. David Fincher is going to direct the second World War Z. Uh, I don't remember. Cops. Cops. Uh, men bad. <laughs> men equal bad. Yeah. Anyway, that being said, I was surprised given that this is like a frequently referenced movie. Like when we're like, oh, March Bradness, people are like, oh, seven. I felt like he he kind of he seemed like a rookie actor a little bit. Yeah, there was definitely like he was definitely wooden. That was something I was definitely watching on this viewing of it, which yeah. was like a broad focused viewing. I think he did a lot of interesting stuff. And like, again, he like really did a lot of that physicality that I like in a Brad. Yeah. Like clicking pens and chewing on coffee cups and stuff like that. Like, Yeah, I liked that he was ruffling his hair when he got nervous. Yeah, and I think there was something really interesting to that. But I also feel like, like during his like, his speech about how he shot the man because he had, the man had like, there's a speech partway through the movie where he asks Morgan Freeman if he's ever pulled his gun and Morgan's like three times in my entire career of like 8,000 years because I'm a million years old. He's like, I've never shot a guy. Like, what about you? And Brad Pitt's like, yeah, well, no, I mean, but he's giving like this speech about it and it's like an emotional thing, but it also feels like he's reading off of a script. Yes. I remember riding in that ambulance. Well, he died right there. Right there. Christ, what was his fucking name? I was super, like, I was super noticing that. And we, re- we rewound, we watched it twice because it was like, oh, he's saying something important there. And yeah, it felt, it felt super acted with a capital A. Mm-hmm. And even as like head ruffle, it felt like he was like, okay, I'm going to pick a trait that I'm means that. I'm going to ruffle my hair. Yeah. But then it's also interesting because Fincher is known for doing a th- million fucking takes of every scene. Like, why? No, I think Brad was super wooden in this. Um, I think that that's frustrating because I think I don't know this one still feels very much like a part where Brad has been given been put in a role that he looks like he should be good at but isn't actually good at yeah it it really reminded me it reminded me of the hot dog man movie which I wish I could remember what it was called freaking um uh I gotta look it up the devil zone yep where he was playing a lawyer like a spunky young lawyer and like he just, he was just kind of there. Yeah. It was like, yep, you're in this movie. You sure are playing a man. Yeah. It was just like, play a cop. And he's like, all right, I'm going to play a cop. Which I think is interesting that Brad Pitt isn't good at the default white man role. Yeah. You know, for being such a default white man. Right. How come he fucking sucks so fucking hard at like every default white man Right. Role? And like in World War Z, he was allowed to have like that tenderness and that complexity. Mm-hmm. And I'm wondering if he felt like there wasn't, you know? Yeah. Like if maybe there just wasn't a lot for him to connect with in this role. Yeah, I think, I think, and it's like, I feel like Brad is like, I don't know, like his emotional outbursts like read well and like were like tracked well and were believable. But like when Brad Pitt wasn't yelling. Yeah. like he wasn't going like this. (laughs) What's in a box? Like, no, like that part was good. But like, but and he was, like, telling Kevin Spacey to fuck off over at the staircase and tried to push him down the stairs or whatever. Right. Like, when he was allowed to be emotional and was allowed to have heft, like, that was solid. But other than that, like, the rest of the acting 
was was very capital A acting. Yeah. Also, huge deficit of having to be against God amongst men, Morgan Freeman. <laughs> That's true. Who can say anything. And it sounds like, you know, that, that gif of like Christian Bale nodding and Kermit nodding. <laughs> You know, that's how <laughs> yeah, I feel whenever Morgan Freeman, Morgan Freeman says anything. Like, yeah. I'm like, yeah, mm, that's yeah. deep. <laughs> no, I... Morgan be like, have you, do you have a minute to talk about how peanut butter is killing uh, elephants? And I'm like, <laughs> I'd be like, yes. Yeah. Oh, my God. Wow. It really is. There was like a weird lack of chemistry between Morgan and Brad. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm like, I'm just trying to think of like, he was young. He was earlier in his career. Mm-hmm. He wasn't that far in. I feel like this was probably like one of his early starring roles mm-hmm. maybe he was intimidated to go up against morgan i'm not you know what I, this is season two we can be <laughs> honest about the brad i i just i don't think he did a good job i think all these people that are like oh yeah seven i think they're just like i've seen seven brad pitt was in it and it was a pretty good movie and i think they remember the part where he's screaming about the box because it's super memorable yeah it's a horrifying film and i think that if you thought about it in in retrospect you'd probably be like oh yeah brad pitt Brad like, Pitt was good in that movie yeah, you sure like, did scream you'd be like i was affected by this film like yeah i was affected by this film and, and brad pitt was in it like ergo brad pitt affected me but like after after seeing like what he is capable of yeah this is not something that I would use as an example of a good Brad. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I feel like I feel like it's too stiff. He's either on or off. Definitely. In this movie. Definitely. And I think yeah, he's that not is difficult. Yeah. World War Z on the other hand continues to impress me. I love World It's just like it's it's just it's good. I I was It's a good Brad. Round 2, I was like looking harder, you know? Yeah. I was like ready to call him out. I was like I see you. I see, I you, see Brad. you. I'm Brad. watching you. Did a this good is job. no going up against Meet Joe Black. That's Brad. right. You got to Brad. You're deliver. going up against a, a real movie. Um. Yeah. No. I agree. I think. I think World War Z is definitely World War Z. Brad. He's got some. He's got depth. He loves his kids. I know. He loves them so much. Even though they fucking suck and I hate them. <laughs> He loves them a lot. And he's going to fucking adopt Tommy. He is going to adopt Tommy. They're going to be a blended family. God bless Tommy, an American hero. (laughs) Tommy single-handedly dismantled David Fincher's entire body of work by proving that men are, in (laughs) fact, good. That little boy. Here, Okay, here's a a counter-argument to your argument. Tommy. (laughs) Explain this. Well, it looks like Seven won't be coming back from the dead. We gotta get out of here. I guess we should wrap up this giant episode. This huge episode that's just Hannah talking for a really long time about film. Tune in next week for a Brad Bite, which is gonna be us talking about something. Talking to something? Do what? I don't Brad. know. I don't know. It's a surprise to us as much as it is to you. Uh, and then tune in the week after that where we have our next official pitting, Allied versus. Moneyball. That's my bat, bat baseball sound. <laughs> Didn't somebody tell you that Moneyball is actually like a really good movie? Yeah. Uh, like multiple people. I'm multiple really... like film people whose opinions I trust very much are like, Moneyball is a great movie. And I'm like, it's about baseball stats. I'm like, no, it's a great fucking movie. Uh, anyway, Jonah Hill's in it. Brad Pitt's in it. I'm excited to watch a Jonah Hill movie and not a Josh Gad movie because fucking fuck Josh Gad. I fucking hate him. You're not a friend of the show. Who are you? I, I don't know. <laughs> He's who they get when they can't afford Jonah Hill. 
Oh. He does the the voice of the snowman in, in Frozen. Well, then I he don't sounds like, him. like He sounds like Jonah Hill, but he's not. I hate him already. I know. He's not good. And I'm excited to revisit Marion Cotillard's amazing clothes in Allied. She did have really good clothes. She was perfect. She's perfect. Um, if you want to fight me about my opinions, um, you can do that. Don't fight Hannah. <laughs> Hannah's a very nice, smart girl. Thanks. I feel. I feel like. A, I feel like I'm gonna get attacked for I this episode. I don't think you're gonna get attacked. If you If you want to weigh in on your thoughts and feelings, you can do so on the internet. We're on Twitter at March Bradness, Instagram March Bradness, Facebook March Bradness, and then on our website MarchBradness.net, where you're able to see the bracket, read some essays. Look at a picture of Brad Pitt photoshopped to be one of the McElroy brothers. Uh, <laughs> I, I won't tell you what that. post that's on because it's a surprise. You should go to the Instagram because you will see a really funny meme that we did. It was a co-production. Uh, Hannah was the brains and I was the brawn behind this operation. And it was Brad Pitt's head photoshopped onto Barry B. Jenkins from B-Movie. <laughs> that was good. That was really good, too. And you his, also have to scroll for that one. His face is just like sliding around. <laughs> Uh, that's so good. I really recommend it. Um, and also with the bracket, you can vote on your favorite brads. I still don't know how to see those votes, but they're there. You can share this on LinkedIn. So please get your office involved. Make an office pool. Please, 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 please make an office pool and send us a picture of you guys in your office with your bra- March Bradness brackets filled out and let me know. That... I would like we would have to do something for your office if you did. I would send you, I would spend I would send you a $25 Starbucks gift card. <laughs> I would send you donuts for sure. Yeah, at least one box of munchkins. I would definitely go Dunkin over Starbucks though cuz that's mm-hmm. like one Dunkin is like better for donuts mm-hmm. and two it's way cheaper. Hmm. No offense, but this doesn't pay my bills. That's fair. All right. Well, if you do an office poll, please send us a picture. Uh and if you don't do an office poll, have a good day anyway. Have a good, have a good day. Um, I love you. And uh, stay safe out there. Yeah, I hope you have a wonderful uh, time. The world is a wonderful place. The world is your oyster. <laughs> and you are an oyster farmer. <laughs> You're just going to suck it up. Slurp. Slurp, slurp. All, All right. right. Bye. Bye.